right, guys, welcome to episode 237 of the podcast. Um, today we have Ahawk with Haven Protocol. Ahawk, how are you doing today? Hey, good. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, Ahawk is choosing to stay anonymous, which is why you see the glowing white H. So you <laughs> won't see him physically, but you will hear him. Um, anyways, before we jump into Haven, there's a lot of things I'd love to talk about and get to know uh, with what you guys are doing. Um, tell me a bit about yourself as much as you want to. I know you're trying to stay anonymous, but um, in terms of like your background, work, history, um, how, what have you done before? How did you get into crypto and blockchain and to where you are now? Sure. Yeah. So um, appreciate you having me on. And I think, you know, there's uh, Haven Protocol is, is obviously a privacy project and built on, on Monero. And so the vast majority of our community, um, you know, cares a lot about staying anonymous um, online and certainly about, um, you know, protecting their financial privacy. So that's why you get to talk to the floating H today instead of a face. But um, I think, you know, one of the reasons that I got into Haven several years ago was because it became pretty clear to me as an investor, a trader that got really active in crypto in 2016 and 2017, that there were, just weren't very many privacy tools on the market um, that allowed you uh, so, to sort of maintain your anonymity when it came to investing and trading in crypto. And so the more I went down this rabbit hole, um, I realized there were only a few, you know, really solid innovations in the space um, that did things different and sort of upheld the promise of, you know, keeping your money private. And Monero was the you know, the most obvious one and sort of the gold standard in in privacy projects, in, in my view. And so I went down the Monero rabbit hole for a while. And I think the thing that got me most interested in Haven was, you know, after after earning a little bit money as an investor and a trader, um, the thing that was most obvious about the crypto space was its volatility. And every crypto, whether it was Bitcoin or Ethereum or Monero or you know tiny cap projects, um, have massive volatility day to day, week to week, month to month. And when I came to you know started to figure out how I was going to preserve trading gains, protect investments, um, I realized that I needed to use stable coins and. I think that became obvious to lots of people around the same time in, in 2017 and 2018, and especially during the bear market that lasted throughout 2018. Um, but then the thing that was obvious to me as somebody who cared about privacy was that there wasn't a private stablecoin. It just didn't exist. Um, and I don't even really think back then um, people talked about the idea of a private stablecoin as something um, that was worth doing. And so that's kind of when Haven came along and it, it immediately drew my attention as an obvious need for me personally and for the market, I think broadly. At the time, I'm not sure anybody cared about it. I think people care a lot more about these issues today than they did you know, three years ago. Um, and that's how I got started. So Haven was launched in 2018, um, didn't really get off the ground until sort of the community took over the project in 2019. and. And we launched the first uh, private stablecoin uh, built on Monero uh, in 2020. So that's kind of the the short version. Nice. What's your role with Haven? Uh, so I'm a volunteer. I've been a part of the community since uh, you know late 2018, 2019, and I sort of help with our communication stuff, um, manage the community, answer questions, um, and certainly try and get the word out about 
what we've built, why we think it's unique, um, and why we think more people should use it and give them, you know, sort of the, hopefully the knowledge to figure out how to use it for themselves. Nice. Um, so you, Haven, you, through Haven, you guys have built this private stable coin. I don't know if I've heard a lot about private stable coins yet. So that is actually pretty interesting. Is that like the main, uh, product coming out of the Haven protocol? Yes. So, um, Haven is its own chain and, uh, you know, it can be confusing sometimes we have multiple assets on the same chain, but the base currency for Haven is XHV and that's the, the volatile coin, um, that, you know, trades on exchanges and goes up and down in price. And we have what we've built on top of that is an ecosystem of algorithmic private stable coins. So if you're you know, familiar with the Luna model, it's probably closest to the Luna UST model where you burn Luna and receive UST based on the, the market price of Luna. It's exactly what happens in Haven. You, um, the protocol will burn XHV and you'll get um, an amount of XUSD, which is our, private, our first private stablecoin, um, based on the market price. And you can mint and burn back and forth from those two. And then from XUSD, you can mint a bunch of other private stable coins, private euros, uh, private gold, private silver. Uh, we even have a private Bitcoin synthetic as well. So it's an ecosystem that's being built out with a focus, um, first and foremost, on keeping addresses, balances uh, private. Okay, so it's more than just a stable coin. It's also private assets and other private mm -hmm. currencies. Yeah, absolutely. So that there's private stable coins like XUSD and XEuro, which you know, are going to hold their value in those currencies. And then there's private assets like uh, XAG, XAU, um, private silver, private gold, and XBTC, private Bitcoin, that are essentially, you know, tracking the price of those assets, um, but on a private Monero-based chain. Got it. Tell me more about private stable coins. How do those work through Haven? And what are the benefits of having a private stable coin? Sure. So I think, you know, we, we like to describe Haven as a rabbit hole because it's like once you start thinking about these issues and the utility that you can get by actually using a private stable coin, the, you know, the, the, the options are sort of endless. And I think the biggest thing for people to realize, and it's something that took me a little while to realize, and I think it takes everybody a, a little while to realize when they get into crypto and start trading and investing is, um, you know, everything on Bitcoin and Ethereum is entirely public. Um, the, your financial history is there for the world to see, for anybody to see. And for the most part, um, that's not a problem. You know, we, we give up a lot. We make a lot of trade-offs in our life when it comes to privacy and all sorts of stuff just sitting on our iPhone that tracks us every single day. And we make that trade-off because, you know, our phones and our technology provides all sorts of uh, incredible benefits. Um, but when it, when it comes to crypto, it's a little different. Um, you know, people are investing and storing their wealth in cryptocurrencies and in increasingly in stable coins like tether and usdc and if you you know just those two stable coins tether and usdc have you know a combined I don't know, over 100 billion markets so tethers like 80 billion usdc is like 50 billion so 130 billion in stable coins just in those two and a bunch more Every single transaction using those stable coins is, is public, trackable, traceable. And if somebody knows your address, if somebody finds out um, you know, where you store your money, they can see every transaction you've ever made. And that's a little terrifying. It's different than um, you know, Google being able to target an ad maybe for you 
this is really talking about your finances, your wealth, your you know entire financial picture. Um, so that's really why we started working on this. And, and when I say we, I, I'm not a developer. We've got a really smart group of developers that have been working on this for a long time. And it was a really difficult challenge. But the goal was really simple. Allow people to use stable coins, allow people to store their wealth without having every single transaction, every balance, every address be completely transparent on the chain. Got it. Tell me more about, I guess, the importance of anonymity, because that's a very controversial thing these days, especially around finance. Sure. Um, what's the justification for anonymity around finance and what some of those concerns are? Yeah, I think it's really simple. You know, people try and make it out to be something that it's not. And, you mm-hmm. know, people uh, criticize Monero and other privacy projects as something that are just tools for criminals, people doing illicit activities. I think that's just ridiculous, frankly. Um, you know, I, I log into my bank account or my checking account and I use a, a password and a face ID and a CAPTCHA and five other things that protect my ability to access my money, right? Nobody else can go log into my bank account. Nobody else can see what I spent um, you know, on my credit card yesterday in theory because I have privacy through um, those platforms. And I don't think it should be any different in crypto, right? Um, I don't think it should be default public that everybody sees every trade you made, every investment you've made, every NFT you've purchased. Um, I think it's really dangerous. And I think more and more people are starting to realize, okay, hold on. Um, when it comes to my financial life, everything in crypto is completely different than the way you know I, I would secure my money in a bank or want to protect my you know my privacy when it comes to, to money. And that doesn't really exist in crypto. It hasn't really become a priority, but I, I think that's changing because people recognize that um, they want to protect the things that they do, not because they're doing something illegal or illicit, but because, that's the nature of money. It should be private and only you should control it. There are people that do, unfortunately, use the degree of anonymity that blockchain provides to do illicit things, to do illegal things. Sure. Um, unfortunately, that does exist, even if it isn't the majority of people. And I tend to believe it isn't the majority of people. I think yeah, people I really want privacy and security and government has been a little too invasive over the years, uh, to yeah. put it lightly. Um, but for the bad actors out there that do exist, they create problems. Um, is there a way to curb that? Um, even though these things are being built on Monero or through Haven and have all these features, is there any kind of way to deter, um, the bad actors or is that something that you have to live with as a trade-off? I I think, um, yeah, I think it's blown out of proportion, frankly. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. use uh, Monero and other privacy projects just because they care about their privacy. I mean, it's the same thing as cash, right? Um, plenty of people use cash every single day to do illicit activities. Some of them are caught, some of them aren't. But it's a trade-off that we make for giving people, you know, private, fungible money. Um, I don't. I, I think you know we're in the business of creating tools for people to be able to protect their privacy. We're not in the business of policing people's behaviors or activities or opinions. Um, and I think that's a, a bright line that we need to draw because the vast majority of people that use crypto um, are using it for you know the same reason you and I are using it. We're making an investment. There's a technology we think that's cool that we want to take advantage of. Um, uh, we want to make a trade. We want to make some money. Those are all totally valid reasons to use crypto. And I think that represents the majority of people in the space. And 
they shouldn't be penalized for wanting to protect their privacy either just because there's a few bad actors in the space. Yeah, I think you actually make a good point there. A lot of people do use just straight up fiat hard cash when they want to do something illicit because you can't track it at all. Yeah. There's no digital trace. Um, right. I guess it makes sense. I mean, there's probably reasons why the um, Obama administration would give billions of dollars in pallets of cash to Iran versus give them um, <laughs> some Monero, oh, um, which would have been easier, right? <laughs> yeah, I you know, and it's funny, the, the thing that I think has has grown our community and um, made Haven a really interesting project that people have stuck with. It's been really hard. Like the, the actual technical challenge was a lot harder than we thought. Monero is a really tricky code base. It's not plug and play like Ethereum. Um, and it takes, you know, a lot of work and a lot of education for a developer to even get up to speed on how to integrate something using Monero. But that's why it's important, right? Monero has really cool features. Um, and I mean, the coolest one is stealth addresses, right? When you send something on Monero uh, or Haven, um, you can't see the address. When you go look up the block explorer, you can't see the address that sent it and you can't see the address that received it. Um, and just, you know, as a basic cryptography um, uh, innovation, that's really exceptional. And that's sort of why we chose, you know, Monero because it uses privacy as a default, right? Every transaction by default is privacy. Uh, is private and that um, really secures and gives secures people's money and gives people confidence to use it um, for anything that they want to keep private. How do you would you compare Monero to other competition like ZK Snarks technology with like Zcash for example? Yeah. Um, what are some of the similarities and differences? And do you think one is better? Or do you think they're both great but just in different ways? Um, so there are some significant differences. I think um, there's room for lots of different um, privacy projects in this space and lots of different ways of going about it. You, you know, zero knowledge proofs is a really cool technology that can be used um, in some, some fascinating ways. I think the biggest difference between Monero and, and Haven, which, which uses the Monero code base, and something like Zcash is that you have... Um, default privacy with Monero, and you have essentially an, an opt-in model with Zcash. And, uh, you know, I think the vast majority of transactions using Zcash are still sort of opt-out transactions versus uh, opt-in privacy. And that, um, you know, that's a solution that a lot of people can use, and that's fine. I think that is not as an effective privacy solution. I think if you care about protecting, um, you know, your addresses, your balances, and where you store your, your wealth and your money, you should take your privacy seriously and it should be done on a chain that does privacy by default. But I don't, you know, I, I think the more the merrier, if there's projects out there building in the privacy space, I think we should support all of them. Um, but I think it's important to sort of recognize some of the, the differences um, so that people know what they're getting into when they use them. Yeah. People don't talk about Monero as often as they used to in the past. Um, do you think that more people are going to start building on Monero? Do you think that the ecosystem is growing and that it's um, a very viable place to build large scale uh, privacy and, and anonymity type projects? I do. Yes. I mean, I'm not sure if it, if it means more people are going to be building on Monero because building on Monero is really hard as we mm -hmm. discovered. I think more people, I know more people are using Monero. So if you go look at sort of the daily transactions uh, using Monero versus you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, other projects, it, they are gaining ground and fast over the last year or so. 
Um, and you know, it's not, it's kind of a different, um, philosophy for people in the Monero and Haven community, people that use Monero and Haven. Um, I, you know, most people are, are, are not in it to go, you know, flip NFTs and make a quick buck and get out. And, and I think most people in these communities are here for the long term and care about having a secure way to store their wealth and control it and keep it private. And it's just a different kind of uh, person or investor or trader that values those things. But I absolutely think that more and more people are understanding, you know, the fundamental difference between public chains and private chains and why they should at least in part um, be using private chains more often. And I, I think we're seeing that sort of uh, uh, in real time. Tell me a bit more about the other stable assets that you mentioned. I know you mentioned uh, precious metals. You mentioned other currencies. Um, give me a bit more insight onto that. Yeah, so we ha- I think we have uh, either eleven or twelve right now. I should have the list in front of me. Um, and you know, eventually we will, I think, expand that list and create other private assets based on some of the things that our community wants. But Really, it's just a basket of stable coins, right? So it's private XUSD, private Euro, um, private Pound, um, XGBP, uh, the Swiss Franc, XCHF, and I should know the others off the top of my head. I don't. Um, uh, and and the, those are the actual currencies that we have a, a, a private version of on the chain. And you can go back and forth from XUSD to those other currencies. Um, and then, you know, the private assets, gold and silver, um, were things that our community sort of uh, really were excited about in the beginning as, you know, an option for long-term investing, but in a way that's completely private, right? Um, it's essentially a synthetic on our chain that can track the price of gold or silver, which is really cool. Um, and we did the same thing with, with uh, XBTC, which is our synthetic Bitcoin. So essentially, if you hold XUSD in your wallet, you can either... There's a couple different ways you can get XUSD. You can either uh, burn XHV and it'll just be there in your wallet, in your payment vault, or you can go buy XUSD and exchanges. There's a few listings out there and we're sort of growing that through decentralized exchanges as well. So once you get your hands on XUSD, the private stablecoin, you can convert that into XBTC and you can essentially invest in Bitcoin using Monero privacy, which is a really cool, um, different tool that, that has never existed before. Um, so yeah, I think we're really focused on XUSD right now, building out that ecosystem, um, growing liquidity for it, finding more decentralized exchanges that will, you know, that can integrate it and use it. Um, and I think once we do that and grow XUSD, the ability to use all these other assets, um, will only grow sort of alongside with it, which is our goal. Yeah. How can people get set up? Do you guys have like an app based wallet? Do you work with existing exchanges? Where can people go if they want to start using these, these private assets? Yeah. Go to, go to the Haven website, havenprotocol.org. Um, and you can download the wallet. It's called a vault on the website, but it's just a, it's a simple wallet. Um, you can use a desktop version, um, to send XHV to, and, and in that wallet you can convert to XUSD and other assets. Um, there's a web-based vault as well. Um, we're working right now with Cake Wallet, which is uh, the sort of standalone uh, Monero wallet. They're a fant- they have a fantastic native mobile UI for Android and iOS. They're going to be integrating Haven and Haven's um, so XHV and the stablecoins XUSD and, and others um, into Cake Wallet, which will be an uh, excellent way to sort of use a, a mobile interface for it. 
Um, so yeah, going to the website and downloading that vault, um, going to our Discord, which we have probably like 9,000 members. It's a really active community. It's an awesome place. Uh, uh, people happy to answer questions and help you walk through it. Um, but the app is pretty simple. You download the wallet, um, you buy on, a, on an exchange like Qcoin, um, and you send it over to the wallet. It's pretty simple like other, other cryptos, except it is private, which is nice. Cake, cake wallet, like a cake, like you eat a cake? Yes, correct. <laughs> Isn't it funny how everything is food-based in this industry? <laughs> There's a lot of it, right? <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah, and I'll give one other plug, too. I think, you know, we're one of the challenges that we've found over the last year or two as we, you know, finished you know, building the product and actually making sure that it works and that it's secure and that people can use it. The next challenge has been, you know, making sure that there's liquidity in places for people to buy it and to get it. And the biggest challenge is that most centralized exchanges um, don't want to touch privacy projects with a 10 foot pole, which is a shame. Um, I think, you know, they have, I'm sure they have their legal reasons for doing it. Um, but it's made it hard for, I mean, for Monero as well to, to sort of grow to a place where all these users that are on centralized exchanges can get it easily. Um, you know, there's a reason that Coinbase doesn't list Monero, which is unfortunate. But we think that the sort of future in crypto is in decentralized exchanges. And there's a few of them out there that are really interesting. Um, obviously, there's a bunch on, on the uh, in the Ethereum ecosystem. Um, the one we're working with right now to integrate to is, is ThorChain. Um, Rune is their token. And they're sort of the, the first, I think, most innovative true cross-chain decentralized exchange where you can swap native Bitcoin with native Ethereum in a trustless decentralized way. Um, they've built something really cool and they're going to be integrating Haven and Monero as well, um, uh, which will be a, a, a really great way to get people um, to use Haven in a way that doesn't have to rely on centralized exchanges. A lot of pressure because kind of in the U.S. right now, it's illegal for them to list anything that's a privacy-based coin, Monero, Zcash, anything along the likes. Um, it's very yep. risky for them to do that, and they have sure. big models, lots of customers, lots of money. Um, yep. So can't necessarily blame them, but the way DeFi is going, I mean, it's fairly easy to get access to any of this kind of stuff. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so that, and that's our, our what mission. Is your, uh, the, mm -hmm. the, the goal Go of Haven is to, is, to, is to actually educate people that we even exist, right? It's a small project. Mm -hmm. It's really new. Um, but we think it's something that's pretty innovative and when people start to go down the rabbit hole and use it for themselves, um, they'll see why it's why we think it's important. Yeah, with that goal in mind, what's your guys' roadmap look like the rest of the year? What things are you guys planning to roll out? Are you excited about that you want people to be aware of? Uh, I think you know the ThorChain integration is the biggest project we've been working mm -hmm. on over the last few months. Um, and I, you know that ThorChain does not have any privacy coins integrated yet because they are pretty technically challenging. It's not like just tossing up another ERC-20 project. It's integrating the entire Monero code base, essentially. Um, so our developers have been working on that forever. We just submitted uh, a couple of weeks ago sort of our final uh, design proposal to them. They're doing some testing. We expect it to be in their, uh, in their stage net in the next you know, few weeks to a month and live on ThorChain shortly after that. So that's our short-term project. Um, and it, this integration with Cake Wallet that I mentioned is also something that's really important that our community has been asking for for a while, and that's almost done also in testing. Um, you know, I think our, our longer-term goals are finding ways to become more decentralized. 
as a project. We're a pretty small team with a few developers that have spent a ton of time, you know, learning Monero and, and building out Haven's private stable coins. And we want to attract more developers. We want the governance of the projects long-term to be more decentralized and run more by our community, which is, which is growing every day. We have an awesome community. So we want them to really, um, you know, take charge of the direction of the project and, um, what, what the future holds for Haven. So decentralizing is probably the, the longer term goal that we're going to spend some time on too. So where's your, your community base mostly if people want to jump in and chat and learn more about Haven, is it discord, telegram yeah. elsewhere? This, we have both a, a discord and a telegram community. You can, uh, both are active. Discord is probably more active and the developers and sort of community managers spend most of the time on discord and that's where you can ask questions, get help the fastest, but we can have a great telegram group as well. Um, and both of those are on the website if you want to check them out. Nice. Are you guys on social media? Are you on social media or are you completely yeah. anonymous? Uh, I am not personally, but I help out with our, our Twitter account. It's uh, at HavenXHV. Um, and that's a pretty active place on Twitter uh, for us. Got it. You guys go check out Haven Protocol. Check them out on uh, social media, the website. All their platforms, Discord, Telegram, go down below, like the video, and subscribe to the podcast. Ahawk, thank you for taking the time to come on. Really do appreciate it. Um, learned so much about privacy. Haven't really talked about that topic in a while, so it's kind of cool. Uh, it's also cool what you guys are doing with stable coins and privacy. I think that's fairly new. Um, so that that's cool for people to know, and I think that's good information, and they're going to really appreciate that. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And uh, let us know if you have any questions. If your viewers have questions about Haven, you know where to send them. And uh, appreciate the time. Absolutely. Have a good day, man. Stay safe and talk soon. You too. Take care.